Welcome to the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome with Wendy Bowlesby and Melissa Kirscher. Listeners to Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined by Melissa. And we are at Fantastic Fest Day 5. Oh my god, it's day 5. It's day 5 of 3 billion. Yes. Uh, I have always lived here. There is no other place I have ever been. We will never leave. I am in the middle of some sort of Lovecraftian Stephen King novella right now. It's true. And I mean, like that, it's not all bad, but it is a little. It's terrifying just, at times. It's it's disconcerting, that's for sure. <laughs> I don't know what day it is in reality. No, literally. Uh, it just blurs together. One of my colleagues from work, like, yeah. in a random conversation, we found out that she, I found out she likes horror movies. And then I said Fantastic Fest. She's like, oh, I love Fantastic Fest. Turns out she knows Mike Lawson. Oh, And cool. I'm like, oh. And so she's like, oh, I'm planning on coming in and doing standby. So she showed up around, you know, 2 o'clock today, and I saw her, and I'm like, yay, great. And then I thought, well, that's weird. You were going to the beach over the weekend. Why are you here on a Sunday? It's not Sunday, Wendy. I know that now. <laughs> this is We are officially in second half. I know. Which means the movies that played the first half for the most part, are coming back and playing a second time in second half. And it also means that we're in the second half, and if I have to turn down a movie, it's gone forever. Yeah. And I start to grieve. Yes, it's true. Well, not gone forever, because hopefully the really good ones get picked up for distribution, and we yeah. can see them It's sometime. where you start making the hard choices. Yeah. And prioritizing things that you know you're not going to see anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still... Hoping for Dolomite is my name, but fuck that. I want to see it here. Yeah, yeah. That's for Dol- okay. That's for tomorrow. Dolomite's great. Dolomite is great. Okay, so, so... So, Wendy, I was not here for first time slot. What did you see? I saw Vivarium. Vivarium, okay. Yeah, so that is Jesse Eisenberg and... Shit, I'm going to forget her name. Amanda Poots? Emma Poots? I, I feel like her last name is Poots. At any rate, uh, it is... Um, a young couple, not married, uh, but they've decided to buy a house. They're uh-huh. in England. Yeah. Uh, he's American, she's English. Just in case you were wondering, like, wait, is Jesse Eisenberg putting on a British accent? Uh-huh. No. They have a very charming relationship. They stop by this housing agent, and he's like, hi. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a development. It's out in the suburbs, but it's not too far. You should come take a look. Let's go now. Well, it's not really what we were planning, but okay. And they go out. He... Ushers them into the house, shows them like a room or two, and then he vanishes. Huh. And then they can't leave. Oh my. It's going full exterminating angel, huh? And then a baby is delivered in a cardboard box with the message, raise him and you will be released. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. And the baby ain't normal. 
FYI. Of course it's not. So, yeah, it. I liked it. I liked okay, it. Chris, awesome. And it was Chris's first Fantastic Fest movie. I'm so proud. And he liked it a lot, too. Awesome. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's basically just the two of them, and they... They anchor the movie really well. It was the kind of it was the kind of weird trippy shit that I like. Uh-huh. Um, just you're you're trapped in this environment, and you know the psychological horror of like what do you do with your days? There's no TV. Right. There's no books. There's nothing. Their phones don't work. Uh-huh. Um, they drive and they they run out of gas in their car because they drive and drive and drive trying to figure out how to get out. And no matter where they stop, they're always stopped right in front of the same house. Uh-huh. So it's it's that sort of existential horror of what the fuck do you even do uh-huh. when every day is the same and there's nothing to do except and there's this weird fucking kid and why are we here? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix. Pretty okay. sure it's a Netflix. There's a lot of Netflix representation. Netflix really likes uh, Fantastic Fest. Yeah, as, they do. I mean, and they've as, been putting a lot of money in interesting things. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, oh gosh, it was who was it who said that in in one of my screenings? Vast uh, of Night. I'm pretty sure it was Vast of Night. I'm pretty sure Vast of Night is a Netflix. But I think the, you're right. The director was like, "Look, here's the thing about Netflix. You know, yeah, streaming versus." streaming versus theater and blah 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 and the whole like where's yeah. the money going but he's like here's the deal Netflix is doing really interesting shit and giving uh, giving directors an opportunity to make these films yeah like because Hollywood isn't yeah and and like God bless you Netflix yes because mm-hmm. I like everything that they have brought this year I am super excited for mm-hmm. so yay Netflix yeah same here um and then, but you showed up for second round. I, I showed up for second round, and I saw In the Shadow of the Moon. Yes, you did. I can't remember. Did you see this one? Yes, I did. Okay. okay. I liked it. I liked it, too. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah, it's, um, it is, it's a police procedural, and I just read Homicide, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, police procedural in Philadelphia. I can get behind this. And then it has a sci-fi twist to it. Yeah. And it's it's super engaging. My one beef with it is after the the big ending, I started thinking further into what does it imply about the story. And it's like, there's some really uncomfortable conclusions to be drawn from that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> from th- how that works out. Um, that one, I think it's another Netflix, right? I believe it is. Yeah. So, listeners, I don't want to talk too much about what... Yeah. So, I don't want to spoil things, but you're not wrong. Yeah. And the... Um, the central premise, when you think about it long enough, you're... It's got some uncomfortable overtones. Yes. But it was very impressive because the story... The story covers, like, 40 years of... It, it, it starts in the 80s and comes right up to, to 2024. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. 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 So, it's impressive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. I mean, it's not... It's not uh, perfect. It, I mean, it's not going to win... Like, it's, Whoa, my God, it's changed cinema forever. Yeah. But it's a really good film. No, yeah, it's good. Uh, I saw Patrick in the second round. Yeah, what's that about? And here's the thing that, like, I would gotten so excited about some other thing that Patrick was in my sort of second tier... Uh-huh. And I, it's, I really loved it. Oh, The right. farther I get from it. Okay. It's one of those, 
like it's one of those things that you're always a little bit like how did this end up at Fantastic Fest but also thank God it ended up at Fantastic Fest yeah. and the reason it's at Fantastic Fest is because it's set in the nudist colony and that oh, okay. makes it just so fucking weird that like yeah. what do you even but that's literally it's just a nudist colony and that's all uh-huh. there's no comedy there's no nothing other than other than and it's not even commented on but if when you're in that sort of environment you're, everything's supposed to be visible, and yet there's so much that's at play that's not visible. Right. Um, and this is not, it's not a spoiler, because all of this is the setup, but this very quiet, possibly on the spectrum, awkward man, he's the son of the man who owns the camp, this campsite. Uh-huh. He's in his, he's like 38. Um, this is all, and he's the handyman. Yep. And he notices that one of his hammers is missing. And, of course, all of his tools are immaculately displayed, uh-huh. right, and very precise. And he does, he crafts beautiful furniture. They show you this furniture, right? Okay. One of his hammers is missing. And this is just like... Well, that's weird. One of my, but my set is incomplete. And yeah. where did my hammer go? And who was touching my tools? Like, none of that is said, but you can just see his sort of panic at that. And his father, who is ill, like very quickly in the first act he dies uh-huh. and the son obsesses about the hammer in place of addressing the grief of his father interesting and it it plays out really complex and sort of beautiful as it's really just watching the process of grief uh-huh. and it was really lovely it was just really lovely because you watch this man come into his own mm-hmm. in, in the process of finally like dealing with really big complex human emotions so yeah wow. it was good alright I was I was surprised how much I liked it and I ended up fucking loving it awesome so. let's see and in that time slot I saw The Death of Dick Long talk about a talk about a tone shift I hear yeah. that's really hilarious. It's very funny. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, in, in some ways heartfelt. It's um, it is a kind of a hick comedy, for lack of better words. It is set in small town America. Isn't uh, it like Alabama? I don't know if it's actually defined or not, but yeah, it's small town somewhere in the south. But it's. Um, it's a, it's a small town, and they're, they're the three guys. They're in a band together. It's a terrible band. They're, their wives kind of just tolerate it. You know, it's like uh, the guy's getting stupid and, uh, you know, partying at night and playing in this band that doesn't play anywhere. It's just, like, their garage. So that night, this one night, they play music, and then one of them goes, you want to get stupid? Like yeah, and then you know there's a montage with the credits over it of them drinking and you know setting shit on fire and peeing on the fire and blah blah blah. And then it cuts to them freaking out in a car. One of them's bleeding out, (laughs) and and the two others are like, oh my god, what are they doing? And they drag the friend, the the one that's bleeding, up to the hospital and dump them on the on the front steps basically, and and scramble off. And 
they're obviously trying to cover something up. You don't know what happened, but they're like, possible deniability! And, you know, they, like, pull the guy's <laughs> wallet and they run off into the trees. And so the whole thing is this comedy of the, uh, the two remaining guys trying to... Like, not know, like, oh no, we don't know what happened to our friend Dick Long. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Miss like, oh my god, there's so much blood in the car, so we'll report it's stolen. They try to push in the creek, you know, that sort of oh, bullshit. God, yeah. It, it, it's one of those comedies where, because they're trying to cover this up, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Yeah, okay. And it just gets weird, and delightfully so. Um, it's 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 really funny. Um, the audience really liked it. I liked it. And as a bonus for being a quote unquote hick comedy, um, the supporting cast is like really remarkably re- diverse. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're. It, um, the two cops who are in investigating are both women. They're both overweight women. You know, one's older, one's one's younger, and you know, like the, it's the 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 uh, crusty old sergeant what? and the young rookie. But it's two women, and the younger one is is uh, is a lesbian. But it's just like passed off as like, oh, the missus is making quiche for me tonight, I love and that's it. all it is. You know, and, and it's. Great. So it's it's really kind of kind of a lovely little movie. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm having a happy. I recommend it. Okay. So, so what's next on yours? Uh, next, I saw in the tall grass, okay. which is Stephen King, which was a Stephen King, Joe Hill, Joe Hill being Stephen King's son, uh-huh. novella turned into a movie. It's got Patrick Wilson in it. Ooh. And um, and uh, then also the kid who played. Um, who was in Hedwig and was Tommy Gnosis, and I can't uh, remember his name. Okay. Uh, but he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a couple of other people, they do a really good job. It's it's really only a cast of, like, six. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, the basic premise, uh, brother and sister are driving out to San Diego. She's pregnant. You eventually find out, uh, like... Like they're driving her when she got pregnant. Her boyfriend was like, "I'm not up for this." Yeah. She. They're actually driving to San Diego because she's going to give the kid up for adoption. They yep. stop briefly so she can throw up because she's pregnant. And they hear somebody. Cr- they're in, literally on the side of the road with all this very tall grass. Uh huh. And there's a church. Uh huh. On the one side with a little parking lot with all these cars. Uh huh. And as they're standing there, they hear a kid like, help me, help me, I'm lost in the grass, help me. Oh, we got to go help this kid. Okay, well, let me pull the car off the road. So the brother takes the car and parks it in the parking lot. Yeah. And they wade into the grass, get separated, and then, and this is all like in the first few minutes, they can't seem to find each other. Like, they're talking to each other and he's like, quit moving because her voice sounds really close and then Uh it sounds really far away and then it sounds like it's behind him and he's like quit moving she's like I'm not okay here's the thing here's the thing fuck the kid because they're they're starting to get scared fuck the kid alright we just need to find each other alright we're going to jump up in the air with our hands over our head and see each other so we can find each other great okay let's do it so they jump up oh you're not that far great do it one more time they jump up and now they're 
like Way really far, far apart. Oh, nice. What the fuck? Yeah. And and then while they're in there, then suddenly Patrick Wilson appears to the sister, and she's like, "What the fuck? There's a guy here." And he's like, "Yeah, hi. You're lost in the grass. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I want to find my brother. Well, I can take you to him. It's not going to be the direct route." And meanwhile, the brother runs into the kid, who turns out is Patrick Wilson's son. And okay. He, and he's like, oh. And and then, like, in true Stephen King fashion, things get weird and fucked up from there. Okay. I will say, um, it does a good job of ending. Okay. Because a lot of times, endings are tough for movies like that. This one has a solid ending that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So... Yes, I liked it, uh, but I like those kinds of stories, and I because I like Stephen King type stories. Right. And so, I mean, I knew like there are certain beats and tropes and vibes. that's like, yep, this is Stephen King doing that thing. Yep, this is Stephen King doing that thing. Joe Hill writes for stories that I mean, he's Stephen King's son, and it, yeah. the two of them wrote together. So it's not like I'm discounting Joe Hill, but. Like, it feels like a Stephen King story. Like, oh, but there's the thing that does that. There's the thing that does that. I recognize these bits, but I love them, and so this is what I wanted. Yay. (laughs) And, like, the grass becomes fucking creepy after a while. Excellent. So, yeah, In the Tall Grass, that's another Netflix one. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Good. I I can see it. Yeah. I liked it. I recommend it. Awesome. Yes. Well, then next, I had The Cleansing Hour. This was in my. This is on my radar, and I had to make a choice. Uh, but it sounds like you had a great time. I really did, and it helped. I was flanked by people who got really into it. So the the concept behind the cleansing hour is there. There's this guy who who is on YouTube. You know, movie analog of YouTube with his web show, and what he does is exorcisms on YouTube. And, you know, really, it's it's just a show. You know, he's got special effects artists and actors and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's all it's fake. All fa- it's all fake. So he's got, but he's selling it like it's real. And he's got this whole merchandise business, you know, selling prayer towels and blah. And it's called the cleansing hour. Well, as he and his crew are gearing up to do another episode, they're, they get ready and get set and it starts running. Oh, shit. It's real. There's an actual demon that shows up <laughs> that they have to exercise. And it's it's funny and it is uh, it goes through a whole bunch of exorcism tropes. Um, a lot of it's really interesting. Um, uh, I watched it with David Canfield sitting next to me and David Canfield was like, wow, I think there were some seriously religious people working on this because well, they, know, they really yeah. they really dug into the you know like exorcism lore, but it it didn't get Jesusy. It but it's all about like the demon is trying to you know it, trying to get more and more followers on this show and like prodding the the host to you know confess his sins and, uh, and all this. You've stuff. been and duping it, these people yeah, and working yeah. them. Again. And ripping them off and yeah. blah blah blah. Blah nice. blah blah. So, um, and there's all what this you're saying is a demon showed up to deliver a moral message. Kinda. <laughs> but not really. But yeah, kinda. Like, but not really. But kinda. You're fucking I, hypocrite, and I'm here to deliver the goods on you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, nice. It's really fun. 
Uh, so I really enjoyed it. It's it's kind of great. But that was what you just saw. That was what I just saw. And what I just saw is Jolly Katu. You saw Jolly Katu. And what did you think of Jolly Katu? Uh, I mean, we covered I this earlier, but yeah. I loved it. I awesome. Did. I loved it. Um, yeah. Um, like, there's, there's some people who, like... The thing to remember is this is a small village, and, like, we have gotten so divorced from what nature truly is Uh that the idea of just, well, it's just a cow running around. Why is it causing such havoc? Because cows are big and powerful, and especially water buffalo and those horns, like... No, if if it gets really riled up, mm-hmm. you can't stop it. Right. So the part about like the man versus nature, yeah. like all of that was really powerful. But then the man versus man shit oh, is yeah. just fucked up. And some of the visuals are just great. And how he yeah. does the action bits and the sound design and score. Yeah, I really liked it, and the crowd enjoyed it, too. That was okay. what I was really, really glad. I, I've had three people already find me and be like, hey, talk to me more about Indian cinema. What should I watch? And I'm like, Excellent. Yay! Makes <laughs> me happy. Although, we need to get more examples of Malayalam yeah. movies. Well, because Josh has brought Telugu I, before. Yeah, right? yeah Telugu and Telugu are, are, are you know... Um, are fairly easy to come by. Malayalam are harder to come by. And um, there has been one other Malayalam movie at Fantastic Fest. It was... Uh, oh, I'm going to butcher the name because I can't quite remember. Kamati Padam? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, Josh... I, I'd, like to, get, I'd like to get uh, Minichi Sathrazu. For the fest at some year, it was done in about 1975. But I think people at uh, Fantastic Fest would really Probably. dig it. Do you remember? Oh God, Cal Nayak. Uh, Cal Nayak was so fun. Also, but Basha. that's handy. <laughs> Basha, Basha, Basha. Rajnikanth, superstar Rajni. Superstar Rajnikanth. All right. So um, we are all caught up then. Uh, yes. So you're going to go into in the midnight round. I'm going to go see VHS. Which is directed by Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon's son. Yes. So Hooray. that is his project. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go to the Fantastic Few, which I have never managed to do yet. So this it, is... It, it's, a, it's a drunken thing. I am on board for that tonight. All sure. right. Sounds great. All right. So listeners, we will give you more information in a bit. Bye. All right. Hey, listeners, it's super late now. (laughs) (laughs) It is. I can't uh, even. 2.50 in the morning. Oh, my God. I know, right? It's, Uh, God damn it. I made poor choices. You did. And we also fucked up our first time recording this segment. <laughs> so if we sound like... A- actually, we're... my phone fucked up recording this segment. It, it just... If we sound like robots reporting out, it's because we've already done this. It's yeah. still on brand, though, because it's time travel again. 
Like, oh, yeah. Okay, so dear listeners, there's like six movies that have time travel in this. I keep seeing time travel movies at this festival. There's a lot of time travel. Yeah. And there's even, like, everybody lists them, and then there's one where the time travel is a twist, so I'm always like, there's another one. I'm not going to tell you what it is. There's at least one other one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just not going to say that yet. And then somebody else says, yeah, it's a, there's at least one other one, but... Are you thinking of the same time travel movie? Yeah, it's a ooh, there's a lot of time travel. Um, but like, if we record and it doesn't record, but it happened, I feel like in Einstein's relativity, like there is an existence where that happened. So now we're repeating it, so we're in a time loop. Okay, just go with it. So, um, so Melissa, what did you see in the last round? I saw VHS. <laughs> Your face lights up. It's adorable. It is so fun. It was so fun. Okay, so this is a, a weird oddball movie by uh, Jack Henry Robbins, who is the son of Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon. He's very tall. He's very tall. He looks like his father. He does. I keep seeing him and being like, why do I know you? Oh, because you look like your dad. <laughs> yeah, and having met both of them now... He's, he doesn't act like his father. He's, like, charming and outgoing, and he talks to anybody. He's not, like, big and awkward. Okay. <laughs> I, I kind of like big and awkward. Oh, me too. But I, like, I, I, like I have nothing it. against big and awkward. I like big and gregarious, too. I like yeah. every, I like it. No, I don't like everybody. That's a fucking no, lie. That, I know that's a lie. Okay, so continue. Okay. So, anyway, VHS is, uh, was filmed entirely on VHS and Betamax. I... And Foggle at that. Yeah, I know. I, you I know should have asked me... how many VHS and Betamax machines and, and cameras they broke. Sure. <laughs> because they Where fall. Where did they find Betamax? You know what? You tell me Betamax, and all I can think is that we recorded all of the Max Headroom TV series onto Betamax, because that's what we had at the time. Somebody later stole them. Like, like that's a whole weird thing. And so it means that when you talk about VHS and, and the little clips, all I can think is that Max Headroof shows up at some point. Well, that's okay. <laughs> it's, kind of on, it's kind of on brand. Anyway, yeah. continue. Anyway, um, what the concept of this movie is, is what you're watching is a VHS tape that was owned by a family in the late 1980s. And so what originally was on the tape was the uh, wedding of the two parents. And, um, but, but it's being recorded over by their kid <laughs> by mistake because the kid has received in 1987, a, uh, VHS camera for Christmas. So what you're seeing is like, it starts with wedding footage and then <laughs> it flips over to it's Christmas morning and the kid is playing with the camera and figuring it out. And then poof, it's a little later on Christmas morning and the dad is showing him, oh, if you plug this into the TV, you can record directly from the TV. Poof, and it's a newscast. <laughs> he recorded off the TV and then poof, it goes back to the wedding. And, and so it's, it's, it's kind of like channel surfing. It, it, it's all these clips. Um, some of them are the wedding. Some of them are the kid filming himself and his friend and, you know, <laughs> running around and playing pranks on the parents, whatever. And the rest is just clips of TV shows that he's recorded off of TV. But all of this stuff is new, f new footage 
made yeah, for the movie. Like it's original. Yeah, it's all original. So all of the TV shows and movies he's recorded are just these perfect style parodies of 1980s television and movies. Uh-huh. And they're hysterically funny. Um, and there's stuff like there there's a movie being played on TV, um, being presented by a host, like Masterpiece Theater, and, you know, this is an example of so-and-so's work, and you will see that this movie is edited for television, and then it starts up, and the movie is clearly a porn film with all the porn scenes removed, and so all you have is the bad acting and dialogue. Um, there's a workout video, there's uh, uh, a cable access show that's clearly filmed in a teenager's basement, Oh you know, featuring God. a live band called the F- uh, Bats, I think it is. <laughs> Just terrific. All sorts of crazy stuff. But as you watch the film, a plot actually slowly evolves because you, you start seeing this kid's life and what's happening in the house. And um, it's, you know, it's just like family drama stuff. And there there's like a house that down the block that everybody thinks is haunted. But really, you've seen a... You, you've actually seen a clip about whatever happened in the house recorded off of TV earlier in the tape. And oh. yeah, it's, it's really kind of cool. That sounds super clever and fun. Yeah. And, but what's really great is that the clips seem to have, well, cause they do, they have a life outside of the clips that you see. Like, you know, there's stuff that was filmed before and after, like you're just seeing a clip of a larger hole because they actually filmed these whole little shows. That's beautiful. And just oh took God. snippets out of them. <laughs> oh so God. they're... Um, God, I can't remember. It was another guy on the crew I was talking to, to, and he said that about 30% of the footage that they took was not used in the movie. Dang. Yeah, so I'm hoping... I know they're going to like release the whole bits as either... I don't know, web videos or bits on the DVD. That sounds sounds so cool. Yeah. Oscilloscope helped produce it, so it's definitely going to get a DVD release under Oscilloscope. Uh, I'm very happy about that. I, yeah, I'm, I got, I got to imagine that that's going to get, it's going to show up somewhere that I get to see it. Yeah. Since I've missed the second screening now. I missed the second screening because I went to the Fantastic Feud. It's like Family Feud, except it's not really, it's, it starts with trivia, then they do, like, video recognition round, and then eventually they actually do, like, a true family feud Yep, it's Yeah, it's a live event at... Uh, it's, well, it's, like, just, in, like, one of the goofy panels from Convergence, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and there's a lot of alcohol. It, and much like the panels at Convergence, it devolves into just drunken chaos. It's, <laughs> there's a charming moment... Because Luke's dad was there sitting in the front row, and so Aww. one of the people on one of the teams is like, this, this fucking bullshit. And it's like, whoa, that's Luke's dad right there. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mullen. <laughs> <laughs> and that went on for a few minutes of just, oh, shut up. He's right there. I'm sorry, Mr. Mullen. <laughs> it was super cute. And uh, and then, like, one of the... Co- and if nobody on the either team gets it, then they'll go to the audience. And then if the audience answers it correctly, they get to choose who gets the point. One of the questions was, what are the three masks in your next? Which three animals? And I literally... I, I saw Ready or Not, and I came home and watched your next. Because it was the perfect double feature. And I just watched it last week, and I'm like, well, it's a rabbit, a sheep, 
lamb, whatever you want to call it, and a fox. And nobody got it. And I'm in the heathens. And I'm in the middle of the theater, and I'm I stand up. I'm in full Evita pose, and I've got bright pink hair. Emily Hagen's told me afterwards she was so offended on my behalf because they called on seven people all around me in various places. She's like, she is standing in the middle of the theater with bright pink hair. How are you not seeing her? Until like several people are like, have you called on the woman who's standing right there looking increasingly more pissed? (laughs) And they call on me and they're like, no, that's wrong. And I'm like, you're wrong. And then they were like trying to say it was a tiger mask. And then like the entire crowd was like, that's fucking wrong. And he's like, look, it's just what's written on the card. And it's just like, I guess nobody's getting the point. I'm like, I should get the point. (laughs) Where's my point? Anyway. I sat with Jean and Dave Kanf. Jean, who's my programming co-conspirator and... Not programming, booking. Mm-hmm. She's one of the shorts programmers. Yeah. And Dave Canfield and Mike Lawson. And there and there was a lot of yelling. And it was super fun. And mm-hmm. I'm glad I went. I'm Yay. Like, if you come to Fantastic Fest, you should totally do the feud at least once. These, these the live ones like this and the debates, yeah, they're, they're the DNA of the festival. Yeah. Right? So... Yeah, I'm glad I went. I had a good time, but I am so tired. Yeah, it's time It's time to let Wendy go to bed. Because Wendy has to intro a movie at 11 a.m. I make bad choices. You do. <laughs> I'm helping out. Like, I got this message of, like, I, hey, y'all, somebody needs to step up and help intro all these films. And I'm like, I, I, yeah, I can do that one. What are you introing? Ride Your Wave. Okay. The anime that I saw, which yeah. I really, really, I really enjoyed. So, yeah. I mean, I'm happy to do it, which is why when it was on the list, I'm like, I can intro Ride Your Wave, sure. Oh, it's, it's the first round movie at 11. Oh, fuck. Sure. Oof. I'm a team player. Melissa, I'm a team player. I know. I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. So, listeners. All right. Day six is tomorrow. T- tomorrow. Today. Today. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dear listeners, we will let Wendy go to bed, and we will talk with you, at you, around you. We will you. talk tomorrow, and eventually you will hear it, and it will be like time travel has occurred. That sounds good. I am getting deeply weird the later I stay up. <laughs> okay, I will let you go to bed. All right, okay. good night. Good night, good night. Good, good day, whenever you're listening to this. Bye. <laughs> there will be a next next episode tomorrow. Thank you for joining us in the Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Our theme song was written by Tim Wick and Jeffrey Brown and recorded and mastered by Chad Dutton. You can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. You can also visit us at xanaducinema.com, follow us on Twitter at Xanadu Cinema, and like us on Facebook at Xanadu Cinema Pleasure Dome. Welcome to Xanamus. Xanamu? Xanamu? Take two. Give it a moment. Welcome, listeners, to Xanamus. I did it again. Jesus. Oh, God. It's going to be great. 